We're never leaving. We already said that. Right. <laughs> we're here. To we're, stay. we're still here. We just ran out of bed. My face is puffy. I need an ice pack. So yep. much screaming and laughing. Oh my gosh. Yes. And we're staying at Cabana Bay. Sabrina has to do some writing today. So she's going to go right by the pool as I float around the lazy river. I might float around the lazy river. <laughs> Maybe she won't do her writing. <laughs> <laughs> I will later. I have the six hour plane ride. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina. And we have spent so much time in Harry Potter world <laughs> we haven't memorized. I just thinking about it makes me want to cry. It was the, it's like the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I've been before. I'm actually gonna cry. This is like is my favorite <laughs> place. Okay, so Corinne doesn't love rides, but we were treated by Universal Orlando. They gave us a media view of Hagrid's Creatures Adventure Ride, Magical Creatures. I have tears in my eyes because it was seriously so magical. Well, it was so exciting because I was standing with the guy from Universal who brought like a few of the people. Um, shout out to Alex. Shout out to Alex. He let us skip the line. <laughs> That's basically what the media view is. He just yeah. got to cut the line for this one ride one time. I was standing with him chatting and then all of a sudden a rush of all of you guys came and everyone had tears in their eyes <laughs> and everyone kept saying, that was amazing. I don't even know how to put it into words. It's the best ride I've ever done. It was not only was it like an awesome roller coaster, but it had Hagrid and his magical creatures. But then it had like these weird things that I've never seen done on roller coasters. And I don't want to ruin it because everyone needs to go do it. Wherever you are, get on a plane. Right. Join us here in Orlando <laughs> because as much as everyone's saying that we're going to leave, we're not. We're not. We're not. We might have a flight tonight, but we'll see if we get on it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the Hagrid's magical motorbike adventures or yeah. whatever it's called. It's amazing even if you've never seen Harry Potter or if you're not a Harry Potter fan yeah. just because it's a new roller coaster and the way that you guys were talking about the different things that happen and also just the feeling and like the gliding of the cart. It was is the different. smoothest roller coaster I've ever been on. And then after that I went on Hulk and I was super like I just need to go back to Hagrid. Yeah, you said it all day long. <laughs> so maybe do it last thing in the park because you just won't want to do anything else after. Or get there at 8 a.m. and just go. Or bring your child because then you could do child swap but tell your significant other actually, sorry, no, I'm going to go again. You can't switch. <laughs> <laughs> so while Sabrina's recommending rides, I, who do not – I'm not someone who does rides. I will recommend the ice cream shop. In <laughs> I also second Diagon this recommendation. Alley. We each got two scoops, different flavors, but one of our flavors was the same, and it was by far the best. It was, it was so a good. salted caramel blondie. Oh, my God. It had actual blondie pieces in it. It was the best ice cream so I've good. ever had in my entire life, and that takes a lot for me to say <laughs> because I am a hardcore Ben & Jerry's fan and defend them through and through. You're a Vermont girl. But I'm also Diagon Alley's salted caramel blondie fan. What was the place called? It was like Fletcher's. I took a picture. Oh my gosh, it was so fun because the people who work in Diagon Alley in the stores talk like they're actually working in their own store in Diagon Alley. Like I Sabrina know. was looking for Hufflepuff pajama set. 
which they don't have. They had it sadly. for Hogwarts and Slytherin only. Gryffindor and Slytherin. <laughs> I swear I've seen the movies and read the books. <laughs> I promise. I just – my brain isn't working. Um, but, yeah, we went into the shop and the guy was like, oh, oh, I don't carry them in stock in my shop, but you should check out the people or, like, the crew over at blah, 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 blah. He was just talking in a way that made it sound like – he didn't really know the other store owners, but maybe we should go check out. And he'd call the stores by name. And yeah. Like, and it's across from this store and that store. And it wasn't just like, oh, go left. And then when you see – it was so real the way yeah. he was talking. And it just made it so much more magical. Also, I mean, you already feel like you just are in Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley, wherever, which one you're, whichever one you're in. But then last night we went to Horror Nights for the second night in a row and everyone kept telling us, like, when you're at Horror Nights, go back to Diagon Alley because it's so quiet and no one's really there. And so we go. Yeah, because there's, n- there's no scare zones or anything in Diagon Alley. Right. So people are going for Horror Nights. There's, like, not much – there's nothing there that you would – Right. So we walked in and it was the most magical thing ever because you really did feel like it was just you. None it, of the muggles yeah. were there. It was just the witches and wizards. <laughs> Visiting hours were over, and it was just us. Yeah, it was like comparing a a town during rush hour versus a town during just like normal hours. There was just like a regular amount of people, Mm -hmm. just a few people at night walking through. It was so romantic. It was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! And if you don't do rides, you should still walk through what? What's the bank called? Gringotts. Gringotts. Oh my god! Yeah, I took. So many pictures. I hope I was allowed to. No one yelled at me. No, you I were, was you very were. obvious about my pictures. I had them take a photo of me when I was in there by oh, myself. Okay. No, yeah. I kept getting frustrated too because I was like, I keep trying to take a picture, but someone else keeps taking one with a flash at the same time. And it took and it me a while you. to realize my flash was on and it was my phone. <laughs> it reminds me of when we went horseback riding with my family and my mom kept taking pictures with her flash on and her horse kept like jolting. And she's like, what's happening? I'm like, mom, turn your flash off. And she didn't. And she eventually got thrown off the horse. Oh, well, lesson learned. Turn yeah. your flash off, Turn folks. your flash off. But all of Universal yeah. was so cool. I We went to both. Well, we did two of the three parks. So we did Islands of Adventure. And we also did Universal Orlando. Yeah. And we can see Volcano Bay outside of our window. We can. So does that count? No. But I, I'm obsessed. And It's I the loved, greatest park ever. Yeah. Last night we ate at. Moe's. We had pizza and beer at Moe's. Which, which is the Simpsons bar. Yes. But and it's also, Sabrina, go ahead. Take no, it away. no, go ahead. Well, it's near and dear to our hearts as LMU students and uh, former Westchester, California residents mm-hmm. because Moe's is a local bar down in Playa del Rey, which all the LMU students go to. Mm-hmm. And the creator of the Simpsons, it was his favorite bar as well. So mm-hmm. when you go into Moe's at, like, the Simpsons land, you're basically just walking into our Playa del Rey bar that we spent but, a lot of time at. And also, more specifically, Moe's in Playa del Rey, the owner, obviously, his name is Moe, and he is always there. He's this old man. He's always, always, always there. He's such a character. He, like, comes and sits and talks with you, and it's just like an old – it's like a little bit of a dive bar, but it's so – fun and Uh and it's pool and pictures of margaritas that are cheap and wonderful and so they these kids went to mo's and met mo and they're like oh my god you are one of like the coolest people and he is such a character just to begin with Mm -hmm. and it was inevitable that they turned him into a character in the simpsons 
Yeah, but we were like, oh, this is so cute. We're together away from California and Mm -hmm. Florida, but we still somehow find our way back to Mm -hmm. a local spot. A local spot. (laughs) In The Simpsons cartoon. I could keep talking about it. And then Horror Nights, we've already talked about it in Encounter 65, but it was so much fun. It was so fun. And we did – so the first night we did the RIP tour, which – if you can afford to spend money on the RIP tour tickets, oh my God, it is worth it because you can do everything. You can do the entire park in one night, which is so amazing. Yes. And then the second night, we didn't do RIP, though we did ask if RIP was available because we were like, that was so great. <laughs> but it was sold out. So just check online. It's, yeah. It's worth considering. Um, but for the first night when we did the RIP tour, we had the best tour guides we had michael and david they were so fun and they'd both been going to the park for i think i think michael said that he'd been going to the park for like 19 years and david had been going for like 29 years david said he actually went to the very first horror nights which was 29 years ago when he was a kid and so ever since then he's just been in love with it and now he's an r.i.p tour guide there oh my gosh they were so knowledgeable and they like told us extra intel and Mm -hmm. we were asking a lot of questions we were we were the people that were like at the very front or back of the tour asking David and Michael questions the entire time. The entire time. They had to be friends with us because we walked with them uh-huh. in between every single We house. made friends with everyone. I bet everyone was like, oh my God, these girls are too excited. But we oh, were like, sure. just so happy. Also, when we were on the RIP tour, like we got to go around back behind the sets of things, which was really cool. It was like a view of the park that you never really would get. And then last night when we went, just the two of us, we kept getting lost. And like we get, we start walking through the park, and then we'd be like, "Wait, we're in line for something. What are we in line for?" Yeah. And then we had to like get out. Yeah, so so it's worth having someone who knows <laughs> the park show you around because if you're not good at reading signs, Sabrina didn't have her contacts in, and I just have awful night vision. We together were just lost probably 50 percent of the time i know but we did okay we got to see tall who's one of yes, our we listeners and we met him at our new york show mm-hmm. and he we had posted something on instagram and he had said he was like oh my god i'm going there tonight too i was there last night and then when we're in the park we were posting a live video and we ended the live video and all of a sudden at the end of our live video we shut it off and 30 seconds later around the corner tall comes walking over and he looks and sees us and starts waving and then sabrina can't see but i can see so i go tall tall and we all run like together hold run. each other we're like it's so good to see you it was so fun oh god it like does bring comfort to to see our listeners and phantoms like we're on vacation and we know this you park guys. that we hadn't been in before this uh-huh. weekend for halloween horror nights and then we got to see tall and i was just like oh okay it was well, so he's, nice he's here too it was so much fun i i'm this is one of the best weekends i've ever had yeah marked it in the calendar for next we're going year. again next year yeah so if anyone wants to come you guys could see us yes find us in the park find yes, us at home <laughs> We'll be drinking at most. Find us in Diagon Alley. Yeah. Or on Hagrid's ride. It's just me. I'm going to stay in the ride forever. <laughs> Never get off. You can't make me. Oh. oh, my gosh. Remember that woman who was going through the scare zone mm-hmm. at the same time as us? And she was hilarious. Mm-hmm. She was so scared. It was so funny. Every five seconds. She had her hands up by her face like they were jazz hands. Like, <laughs> like actual... It felt like a corny movie, but that was just her genuine reaction. And every two feet, there'd be a creature, and she'd turn and she'd go, ah! 
I think she like lost her group too because she was just so scared running through it. She was like, I'll meet you on the other side. Yeah, she was terrified. Was and I so felt bad because we were just looking at laughing at her. We could have helped her, but we didn't. But that's the that's why people go to horror you go nights. To be scared. It, you go to be scared and then it brings you together closer with your friends, like Charles said Such in our interview time. with him. Yes. Good old Charles. I wish we could last night we were like, Man, we wish we could bring Charles with us through the park. <laughs> or more like he bring he brings us, us. <laughs> with him through the park. Are we kidnapping him? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this topic. It's such a good topic. We picked out the theme of this episode is haunted jobs. Which was very hard to make a decision because I based it on what I'm afraid of. <laughs> like jobs that you're afraid of yeah, doing? which is like everything. Yeah, pretty much. Including mine, which I'm putting off today. <laughs> <laughs> and everything can be haunted. So That's even true. if you're like, oh, lovely, I'm working in, I don't know, a dog adoption center. <laughs> Guess what? It could be haunted. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. Okay, so I chose to do little stories from people who work in a specific job. Okay. And this is simultaneously extremely fascinated by this job and extremely creeped out, and I think I would go crazy. And this kind of came from watching Haunting of Hill House and all the creepy scenes in the morgue. So I chose to do haunted morticians and working in a morgue in any capacity because working in a room with dead bodies just sounds so scary. Yes. And also I think it's fascinating the way that our souls are attached to our bodies. So I imagine that these people – and they do. After finding this research, they all have many stories of ghosts in morgues and mortuaries. Oh, also, in doing this research, I found a mortuary, like a specific morgue that I want to do a whole episode on, so we, I added it to our Excel. <laughs> so you can look forward to that. Okay. What's the best way to guarantee you can see ghosts? You can work in a place full of dead bodies. So shout out to Anna at ghostdiaries.com and then also Ranker because this is where I collected all the stories from. So the first two stories I have aren't really ghost stories, but more of creepy stories. One mortician was prepping a recently deceased body when he was holding the corpse's hand to shave the arm. And all of a sudden, the corpse's fingers curled around his hand, holding it in his grasp. And he realized it was rigor mortis setting in. But it was like... It's so creepy. So terrifying. I screamed. And this one's even more terrifying. One mortician was prepping a body very early morning for a wake. And as he was working on it, he turned his back to grab some tools or supplies. And the angle he was standing at with regard to the corpse left the body just like visible out of the corner of his eye. And so as he's looking down at whatever tools he was getting, he sees in the corner of his eye, the body slowly starting to sit up. (laughs) And his fight or flight immediately kicked in and he ran up the stairs as fast as possible. And he was just like tripping over them and crawling and trying to climb his way out. And finally, he like collects himself and he's like, oh, I'm crazy. It was just rigor mortis. It's fine. But he said in his like 15 to 20 years working in that job, he had never had a fright like that before. And so he was just like, he just had to run. And then apparently he also like peed his pants in the panic. Oh, <laughs> that's where you're like, oh, my God, zombies are real. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> exactly. You're like, shit, I'm I'm going to be the first victim. Okay, so now ghost stories. So this is from a mortician who had just begun working. It was their first day at work. And at some point they had to go to use the bathroom. And while they were in there, they heard what sounded like a girl sobbing, wanting Myrtle, 
then along with the sobbing, they heard the sound of feet walking around the space. And based on their knowledge of the space, they're like, oh, that sounds like it's coming from the corner that leads to this other room where they embalm the bodies. And he was like, oh, maybe it's just a family member of one of the deceased. And so he walks into this room following the sounds of the sobbing. It's still occurring Mm -hmm. and opens the door and finds no one except for a dead body. (gasps) Oh, no. And this makes me sad. I know. And the body belonged to a young woman who had died by suicide. And he believes that it was her who was sobbing. I know. Another story is a woman named Tessa, whose brother is a mortician in New York. And he was like, hey, Tessa, come visit me for the weekend. So she was like, okay, sure. What can go wrong? And he one day was like, oh, I have to work today. But like, do you want to just come with me? You can like hang out in my office and watch TV. And she was like, sure, why not? And then she gets there and immediately is overwhelmed by the scent of formaldehyde, which is apparently something that's like very true. Like all morticians and people who work in the morgue like constantly smell like formaldehyde because oh. of how strong the stench is. Oh my gosh, that's so unfortunate. I know. I always think about Abercrombie and Fitch employees and how they probably smell like that. The perf, not like the that, cologne. But, I know the cologne. But the cologne. <laughs> it's like those jobs that. Have, it's so yeah. intense. Well, when I worked in an Italian restaurant in high school. You just be in there all day. I would leave and everyone would be like, you literally smell like you walked out of a pizza oven. Oh, my gosh. Like oil and garlic. Yeah. Um, Okay. So she was overwhelmed by the scent of formaldehyde. She was like, okay, this is gross, but like whatever. And so while her brother got to work, she went and sat in the office and she was just watching some TV. And there were these double doors that kind of swung open that would go into where the morgue was and then also the office. And they would go back and forth. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she's in there. She's starting to fall asleep. She's a little, like, tired. And all of a sudden, she's awoken by the doors opening and closing. And she looks, and no one's there. So she's like, that's weird. Whatever. So she starts to fall asleep again. And again, the doors opened. But again, no one was there. So finally, she stands up, and she's like, okay, this is strange. So she goes closer to the door. And there, behind the door, she sees a little girl in a blue dress. And it had, like, a big pink ribbon on it. And she was, like, playing with the doors, pushing them open and closed. Just like, you know, like what kids do. Mm-hmm. And Tessa was like, hi, how are you? And the little girl just looked at her, didn't respond. And so Tessa was like, I really love your dress. It's so pretty. And the little girl just took off running into the darkness <gasps> of the morgue hallways. And so Tessa was like, okay, whatever. Maybe it's, like, the daughter of another coworker. I mean, I'm here, so maybe one of my brother's coworkers brought her their kid. Right. And oftentimes morgues are attached to funeral homes. So maybe you're like, yeah. oh, there might be a family visiting upstairs and they just – the kid wandered off and – Exactly. So she a meeting and not paying attention. So she didn't think anything weird of it. But hours later, when her brother was like, oh, hey, Tessa, I'm done. Let's go home. Tessa – and he got in the car and all of a sudden Tessa starts talking about this little girl in the blue dress. And Tessa's brother slams on the brakes and is like, what did you just say? And Tessa continues to explain. And with a chill in his eyes, her brother responded that he just did an autopsy on the little girl that night prior. <gasps> and that she oh, had drowned chills. wearing that exact dress, a blue dress with a pink ribbon. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Another woman worked in a hospital, and she was a nurse. And on occasion, they had to bring the deceased patients down to the morgue. And she said it was really, really creepy. But on one night, her and her coworker were taking a body down to the morgue. And when they went to go push the body in the freezer box, they hated this part of their job. And so they were like, no, you do it. No, you do it. And then finally, she decides to do it. And so she pushes it in, closes the freezer box, and then goes to like fill out the paperwork, which you have to do in the morgue. 
And all of a sudden, they hear this weird banging noise coming from inside the freezer. And they look at each other like, what the heck is that? And it sounded like someone was crying out for help from the inside the freezer. And guess what they did? They ran. What? No. I was like, what if someone actually wasn't dead? Yes. What if it was like that weird thing where your heart stops or like the spider that bites you or and like paralyzes my, you and makes you seem like you're dead? My great uncle that was like fake dead twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buried multiple times. Just always trying to get him in the dirt. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we'll never know if that person was dead or not. Oh my God, how awful. Yeah. But she said that they think it was a ghost because um, other nurses told stories of something very similar happening so which is just sad because i it makes me think that it's just one specific ghost who's stuck in that freezer box yeah like i wonder why i know it's so interesting what the rules of what the boundaries are for certain spirits like some are just stuck in certain places right or i guess that's the question of residual hauntings that gets me is it really are they really stuck or is it just or did the universe just like Get stained with a certain, but that makes incident me- that happened over and over again. Or does like a, you know, like I'm thinking of the Bell Witch, like how a piece of the Bell Witch's soul, like right, broke off and turned into this like awful creature. Do you think that maybe like you miss just a small piece of you? Is but that mind? makes me think then that someone was like murdered in this freezer box or like died in there, which makes me think: Is there a murderer working at that hospital? <laughs> Send in the FBI. <laughs> Send me in. Let me figure this out. I'll roll up my sleeves. No, don't send me there. I don't want to go there. What did you say the other day? And I was like, okay, Nancy Drew, because you were like, you were constantly pointing things out. And I was like, what's going on? We were on a bus with all these like media people to Universal. And I was just like (laughs) looking at things on like a like you were finding every single person. They were just standing by us. And you were suddenly pulling up people's Instagrams where they worked. I was like, where are you finding this information on their person? There was like a sticker on a camera. So I looked it up and I found all the people. And then there was another guy who had like a little badge on his waist. And I like sneakily like read the badge and was able to find him. My gosh. (laughs) Nancy Drew. No, I was like, who are you looking at? And you had like 20 Instagrams. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's fun. (laughs) Observing my surroundings. Okay. Another mortician had been working the job for years and never had anything weird happen. And one day, the body of a young child was brought in, and he had never performed an autopsy on a child. It was, like, the one thing that he was always dreading. And this Mm -hmm. was the day the child was brought in, and it was extremely emotional. And as he was working on the child, he heard a woman sobbing, like, directly behind him. So he turns around, whips his body around, and he sees a woman just standing there crying. And so he immediately goes to, like, the assumption that this is the boy's mother and that, like, she was just so distraught and wanted to come in and see him and check on him. And he was like, excuse me, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry for your loss, but you can't. And then all of a sudden she just disappeared. (gasps) He was, like, trying to say you can't be in here. Right. And all of a sudden she disappears. And immediately after, a coworker comes in with another stretcher and the woman – that was just standing behind him. Her dead body <gasps> is on the stretcher. Oh, my God. I have so <laughs> many chills. And this the- is like the perfect time for me to shave my legs because my hair is standing <laughs> up. I'd get the closest shave. Oh, my God. This is so scary. I know. And so the two of them, the mom and the son, had died in an accident. And the boy's mother just wanted to check on her son. Oh, oh my gosh. This is so heartbreaking. It's so sad. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I bet a lot of this is scary. But this job is also probably very heartbreaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you see people in like the hardest moments of their life. Yeah. And apparently also the spirits. You see them. Yeah, you see all of it. So this next story is from an employee who had to bring in family members to identify a body from a car crash, which also is like, oh, I couldn't imagine witnessing all of that. So apparently a woman and a daughter came in, a woman and her daughter came in, and the two of them were distraught, and they saw what was the woman's son and the girl's brother. His name was Jacob. And he was on the table and they identified him. And they were like, yep, that's him. That's Jacob. And they were so distraught that they had to rush out of the room. And the daughter followed the mom and they went into the bathroom. And then not even five minutes later, they come back and they're like, we just heard Jacob. Jacob was talking to us. He was talking to us in the bathroom. And there's no way he's dead. I just heard his voice. And this employee was like, I'm so sorry, but like you just identified Jacob and like he's right here. And he was like, I'm sorry, he's he's dead, he's deceased. They went on their way, and a few nights later, this employee was working late at night and heard a voice say, help me, coming from inside one of the freezers, <gasps> the same freezer that Jacob had been inside. And the voice kept calling, help me, help me, I'm Jacob, I'm Jacob, help me. And the employee was like, I am losing my mind. It's late. I'm tired. I'm here alone. I'm just hearing things. I have what the woman and her daughter were saying in my mind. And so he's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to go home. But there in the bathroom, he heard it again. And it said, help me. I'm Jacob. And the employee never found out what Jacob needed help with because it stopped eventually. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, this story is actually both really dark and depressing, but so fascinating. It reminds me of the story of Zona Heaster Shoe, which is like the story we did of the woman who solved her own murder like a long, long time ago. To look at the neck. Yeah, exactly. So this man had been working on a murder victim at work, and the assailant was unknown. No one knew who killed her. He was performing the autopsy to try to figure out what had happened. And that night he went home and had a dream and was visited by this woman. And he knew it was her because she had these like really sharp green eyes. And also he had been working with her all day. So he just recognized her. And so at first in his dream, he's like, okay, this is just like a weird dream. Like I was just working with her all day. So yeah, she's in my dream. But then all of a sudden the woman like looks at him and is like terrified and starts running. And so he starts chasing after her. He's like, what are you running from? Are you okay? Are you okay? And She stops and looks at him and says, I'm running from my boyfriend. She said, he's going to kill me. And that next morning, (gasps) this guy wakes up and he turns on the news. And there in the news were reports of a man's arrest in connection to a murder. And sure enough, it was her boyfriend and he had confessed to killing her. Oh, my God. I have full body chills. Yeah. So it's like, was she trying to tell him in case like this man hadn't confessed? Like She was like, I need help. Someone needs to put him away, but then it happened. Maybe she visited a bunch of people. Yeah. Maybe she was watching the interrogation or something happen and didn't think it was going to go in her favor. And so was like, all right, time for me to go visit some people. Yeah. Ooh. So crazy. So crazy. Oh. Or do you think maybe she also the night before had visited – some cops and gave them oh, that the intel cool. and was just going to continue on until he was put in jail. Oh, that would be so cool. Just eventually visit the whole world. Just tell everyone. Tell everyone. Well, I'm glad that he was caught because yes. F him. And so quickly. Yeah. 
Okay, another story is of a woman who was working at a morgue. It was her first year in the job and a horrible accident happened and the bodies were brought in and she called it a pileup. So basically there were a bunch of bodies with dismembered limbs and it didn't say anything more about what the accident was, but like... Ew, yeah, I'm so curious. And so she had, because she had just started this job and she was like newer to it, she got like the kind of shitty job of having to reassemble the bodies and oh. match the pieces to the correct body. And so a few of her coworkers who were also helping her out had to like go take a break just based on their hours. So they went to take their break and left her alone to do more of this work. And so she grabs an arm and puts it with a body thinking that was the right body it belonged to. And so she kept working on with the rest of the other bodies. And then from out of the corner of her eye, she saw the arm move. Like physically move up and down on the on the slab. And she was like, I am seeing things. I'm going crazy. She like turned around and it wasn't moving. And then she kept working and then all of a sudden out of the corner of her eye, she sees it moving on the slab again. And she's like, I've lost it. And eventually her coworkers come back and one of them pointed out that the arm was on the wrong body. Sure enough, it was. It was not with the right body. And so she moved it and put it back with the other body and never saw it move again. Oh, my gosh. And so oh my she gosh. thinks – Do you think all of the people that were involved in that were all just like, this will be entertaining. Let's post up and watch them try to figure it out. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, poor girl's left alone. Let's give her a little hint that she did this wrong. Or it's like the bo- – it's the spirit of that body and was like, I want my arm back, you know? Like, yeah. help me – like, trying to help her – put him back together or her back together yeah (laughs) i know what an awful task as well i know i know you had an awful death clearly yeah um and another person who works in a hospital said she has never had any issues with electricity in the hospital but every single time that she goes down to the morgue the lights will flicker every single time she brings the body every single time (sighs) And it's the only place in the hospital that it happens. And then, okay, there's a book that I didn't have the chance to read, but it's called Restless in Peace, A Psychic Mortician's Encounters with Those Who Refuse to Rest. It's by Maria Delacroix. I have to read this. It is. I just started reading it. It's so fascinating. I didn't like finish it, but she is a psychic who worked in a morgue. And so she has all of these encounters with spirits. Like she worked there for many years. She said that she's like, ever since she was like 18 months old, she's had experiences with the paranormal. Oh my gosh. And so she, as dark as it was, she um, she just like spent her entire life communicating with spirits while doing her job. <gasps> this, this so reminds me of like Ghost Whisperer or like totally. Medium. But those are people who work in haunted morgues. Oh my gosh. It's I'm sure there are so many more stories, and I'm sure if any of our listeners, oh my God, if you guys work in morgues or are a mortician or any, to any capacity, work with dead bodies, please send me your ghost stories. Yes. Us. We would love to read them. So many of these things, really any job can be haunted, which is so scary. I know. It's like we do haunted hotels, haunted libraries, haunted universities. Well, guess what? All of those places have employees. Right. People work there. People probably experience it. Well, I also wonder, like, are there jobs where they aren't haunted, but someone starts working there and then it becomes haunted because oh, all the ghosts come sure. with that person? For sure. I often get blamed for that when I That makes jobs. sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Suddenly there's activity and everyone's like, are you kidding me? Corinne. 
Hey everybody, you'll notice that there is not another story in this episode. While we originally did record another story and had published this, we realized that as we grow and continue to podcast over the years, some of the things that we discuss and some of the topics that have been covered find their way negatively into media and into our lives and no longer become really a thing that is appropriate to discuss. We don't want to talk about things that negatively impact you, impact your loved ones. And while we can't redo what's already been done and what's already been recorded and what many of you guys have listened to, we can keep up by removing content that's no longer appropriate to discuss in our current world. And so we've deleted the second story. But we do hope that you enjoy Sabrina's story of a haunted job and continue to grow with us, continue to support one another and the Phantom community as the world becomes a bit more complex. And we just hope to continue to provide a peaceful escape for you by listening to ghost stories. Thank you. Okay. I have a ghost story from Elizabeth. Hey, ladies. As you know, I've written you before about how much you ladies pulled me out of a dark place when my mom was sick. Update, she's currently cancer-free. Yay. Oh, my gosh. And I've been meaning to send you guys a story about my job at the local Dunkin' Donuts (gasps) and attached as a video to go along. Anyway, here's my story. Oh, my gosh. I worked at a local Dunkin' on and off for seven years. My husband also worked there, and he would tell me about how this place was haunted, and I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, then I started there. My first experience was at 3.30 a.m. No. When I was opening the store with my husband. I went into the walk-in freezer to grab ice when I heard a loud-pitched giggle. I hauled ass out of the freezer and I looked around to see if he was messing with me. I come out yelling at him only to find that he's in the bathroom. So I wait for him. When he comes out, I tell him what happened. And he walks back in with me. And as we walk out, we hear it again. And we book it. No. Fast forward a few years, and I'm on my third and possibly last time being back there and am a night manager. It was the other manager's last night of working, and I was really upset about it. I go into the back to get something, and I notice that all of the liners for the iced coffee are hanging out of the box. I think nothing of it, and I pack the box, and I close it. The other manager goes back out there, and again, she does the same thing. The liners are out of the box. Oh, my gosh. I go back, and this time, not only are they out, but they are dragged across the floor. What? I run, and I get the other manager, and together we pack the box and close it. We finish closing it, and I go back to lock the door, and the alarm system says, fault movement. (gasps) And you guessed it. The liners are back out of the box. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I lock the door and run. A few weeks later, I'm closing with another manager, and she comes running out and goes, so the ice cream cups that have been sitting on the shelf all week are now in the middle of the floor. And I go look, and sure as shit they are. So we go and we watch the cameras. And in the video I attached, you can see them get shoved off the (gasps) shelf. Tomorrow's my last day there, and I am moving on to be a preschool teacher. But I had to share. See you on the other side, Elizabeth. I want to know what this ghost has – what's the problem? What is the problem? Why are you knocking things off the shelf? I know. Making things dirty. Costing people money. I also love the idea that she and her husband just like ran. They're like, nope, we're done. And it's a little high-pitched giggle. So do you think it was a child? Maybe. Just like being a little mischievous? I I mean, maybe it's a child, but like I wonder how high up on the shelf these things are. And Mm -hmm. it's like the child like climbing. Well, I watched the video because she attached it in another email. Mm -hmm. And it's... I mean, they're like fully on the shelf and they just get kind of pushed to the edge and then shoved off. 
They're not thrown. It's like a they're cat. Just like pushed and yeah, they're kind of like swatted off. Maybe they have a cat and a kid. Maybe they do. Cats and kids. Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts. Double D. Double D. Double K. Kitties and kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. So even your local Dunks, even your, your local, local coffee Duncan. shop is Get your struggling. ghosts with your coffee. I do like to think though that the spirit also really liked that other manager that it was their last day mm-hmm. and was like no you can't leave just keep coming and cleaning up the thing and then <laughs> if you have something to do you'll never be able to leave and yeah. then get out of here that's true maybe it just doesn't want to be alone right that's a good way to think well of i it. wonder what elizabeth will experience as a kindergarten teacher oh my god yeah or a preschool teacher i've heard that preschools and like schools are very haunted well because kids can see spirits and so of course all the spirits are probably coming to class with them oh my god you're right oh my god you have to email us we're putting a call out all preschool and elementary school yeah all teachers in general we should do a whole episode daycare like an encounters episode on that oh yeah that'd be good that's good all right okay. what do you have i have an email from mallory it's called i watch people sleep for a living Hey girls, my name is Mallory. I love your podcast and have been listening for about a month now. I wanted to start off by explaining my subject line. My job is watching people sleep. I'm a polysomnographic technologist. So basically I travel to somewhat nearby hospitals and perform sleep studies on patients in need. I need a sleep study. Study me. But recently I've been experiencing some crazy stuff going on at one of the hospitals. I'll try to remember all of the details. A few weeks ago, I had arrived at the hospital for my shift as usual. I was gathering all of my equipment, getting my paperwork ready when I got this strange wave of paranoia come over me. I felt like I was being watched. I shrugged it off because it was impossible. My lab is on a complete separate floor from the rest of the hospital. Literally, no one goes up there, not even security. And over the course of the first 30 minutes of my work, I still felt like I was being watched. I swore it was like someone was watching right over my shoulder. I sighed and kept working. I went to the bathroom to, you know, do my business (laughs) when I heard the lab door shut. I quickly went out into the hallway and found no one in sight. I walked up to the door and it's locked. We never lock the lab door. Luckily, I had my keys. So I used our O2 tanks to prop the door open. I kind of sat there in an awkward silence and fear until I was called to retrieve my patients. As I was walking down the hall to the elevator, the door slammed shut again. I thought, that's impossible. But then I start to hear knocking from a patient room. I walk in there, expecting to see that someone was pulling a prank on me, but then the knocking persisted. It was coming from a closet. And the closer I got, the more distinct the knocks became. It sounded like a child knocking, or at least a small hand knocking. I opened the closet door, and the knocking stopped. It was completely empty. At that point, I just went downstairs to get my patient. I say nothing to my patient because, duh, I don't want to scare them off. And when I get back to the lab, the door is shut and locked. And lo and behold, I don't have my keys. So I have to call security to come unlock the door for me. After everything is sorted and I have my patients in bed, it stays eerily quiet. Reminder that this is far away from high traffic areas. And again, no one comes up here. So it's always quiet. But something was off. Just as I started to forget about it, a strong, cold rush of air hits my neck and only my neck. It took my breath away. I didn't turn around. And this is when I heard a whisper of a woman's voice call out, hello. And I sit there frozen. No one is in the lab with me. My patients were obviously still asleep by the look of their brainwaves. And the knocking starts again, persistent, a small hand knocking. And it starts to get louder. And then I heard what sounded like a ball bounce down the hallway behind me. (laughs) And one of my patients even wakes up terrified. 
He left in the middle of the study because he said he swore he saw a little boy open the closet door and just stand there. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. (laughs) I couldn't convince him to stay, and he basically bolted out of there as fast as he could. I later brought this up to a coworker of mine, and he swore that the fifth floor was haunted by a female nurse and a little boy who had died of an unexplained illness back when the hospital was first built. To this day, I always find myself wearing headphones and refusing to look over my shoulder or in the closets. But that's my story. Thanks so much for reading. Love you guys. So I don't even know how to say your own thing. S Y O O What? S Y O T. Whoa. Whoa. I'll just see you on the other side. O T O S. Why was that so hard? Espatos. That's what I was about to say. Siotos. See you on the other side, Mallory. Okay, because when she was when you were first bringing us through that email that Mallory sent, I was thinking that maybe it was someone who had previously been in a study that was sleeping and accidentally astral projected oh. into the study, like you know had already been there, right. had already gone through the whole thing, and was just having thought it was a weird dream where they were just remembering their sleep trial, but was right. accidentally astral projecting. But if if there's a child in the ball and the little knocking and the yeah. hello, and people have already talked about the same sort of activity and spirits on the fifth mm-hmm. floor, then it sounds like it's just a haunting. And also she hadn't brought the patients up yet. Right. When it first started. Yes. Ah. I know because I was just thinking because at first I was like, oh, maybe it's a patient in the room. But then I was thinking maybe it was someone who was like in their own bed somewhere and right. somewhere else. Right. But oh my gosh, no, a nurse and a boy. Yeah, and the patient had to leave. That's scary. That's so scary. Could you imagine? Now I don't want to do a sleep study. No, I do. I really do. I My sleep is so crazy. You should do this sleep study. Mallory, help me. Help us. Help. But waking Hello. up to a little boy in the closet anywhere. But like that would be so terrifying. I'd be like, screw sleeping. I'm never sleeping again. I have so many sleep problems, but now this is why I don't sleep because there are children in the closet looking at me. I wonder if he was seeing it with his like real eyeballs or if he was asleep. His fake eyeballs? And then, well, I always say that because sometimes I see spirits with my eyes and sometimes I, f- I see them with my brain. Right. Well, that's what we've talked about before about like so much of it is just for you. So is it an image that's put into your own mind? Right. Were his eyes open or were they shut? I I guess is my question if he was in a sleep study. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, guys, if you've haunted jobs, if you've ever experienced anything, if you work in a mortuary or uh, I don't know if you're a park ranger. Graveyard shift. Graveyard shift. I also really want like people who work in haunted houses, their ghost stories. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because I feel like haunted, haunted houses is cool. Which we should have – we need Charles Charles Gray's story because he was talking about a haunted house. <sighs> All right. Well, okay. send us your stories. Our email is twogirlsonegostpodcast at gmail.com. Quick thank you to Eric Foster for editing this episode and our regular Sunday episodes. And thank you to Arms Akimbo for your awesome music. They're actually, I think, going on tour soon, so mm-hmm. check them out. And thank you to all of you for listening. Yes. Uh, we have a variety of ways to support us, which you guys know. Number one is listen. Number two <laughs> is tell everyone else. Pyramid And then uh, you can rate and review on iTunes. You can, if you're able to, you can donate on Patreon. Mm-hmm. You can also buy merchandise and rock us in the streets. Yeah. Um, and we also have social media. So you can follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. You can like our Facebook 
business page or you can join our Facebook group, which is moderated by like the most amazing, amazing moderators people. who make a group that's so wonderful that I want to cry They're every so time great. I think about it. They're wonderful. And we will see you, see you on, on the, the other, other side. side.